that's very, very special because these go to 11. Stories Podcast, your number one show for everything guitar. Hello, Guitar Geeks. This is Dan. Hi, everybody. It's Andy. And this is episode 11 of the Guitar Stories Podcast. Woo! Woo welcome, everybody, to episode 11. <laughs> we made it past 10, so we're now deep in double digits already. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And thanks to all listeners, by the way. Yeah, I mean, there's there's literally tens of you now. So I'm <laughs> plus I'm, plus uh, don't forget the artists the artists that we got on the podcast so oh yeah sorry that sorry. might add up to fifteen or twenty huh no genuinely this this podcast has been so well received and uh, if I can speak for both of us Dan we do it for for fun uh, certainly not for financial gain or world domination but we have spoken about world domination and we've decided that it is a good idea we should attempt it. And therefore, we yep. should um, maybe try to professionalize the podcast a little and um, make episodes a little shorter, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, it's a matter of taste. I, I personally also like prefer long podcasts, but uh, there's a tendency to, to keep it rather concise and not meander too much around. So, uh, yeah, I'm fully with you. And we have some, some, some ideas that would add some magic to the overall podcast. Yeah, so if you've joined us now, then welcome. If you've been on us from the beginning of our journey, then apologies is for the changes. But you know, we're it's it's, gonna, it's still going to be Andy and Dan. It's it's still going to be us. We're just going to try and add some more magic to it, right? Yeah, a little bit of structure too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, but most importantly, like we we said hi. But how are you? How how's life? Uh, well done. This week, I've uh, I've reached the ripe old age of 39 in the past couple of weeks, and I celebrated this week by having a back injury and ending oh, up uh, on a Sunday night at midnight, totally exhausted. And then my back decided to say, OK, we're staying on the floor now for an hour. Ooh, and uh, yeah, it was, it was the, the typical middle aged man back injury. Yeah. Um, is that the first time that happened, or is no? I've had to... a I've had a, a slip. Let's go deep into it. I've had a slip disc before. You know, we've we've all had a couple of those. Um, but I've just got uh, a rather. Um, let's put it this way: I will no longer be playing Les Pauls. <laughs> you own a Maybach Les Paul copy. Uh, I also own a Gibson <laughs> R8. <laughs> and an oh, Ibanez. If we're on it, I, mean, I own an Ibanez from the seventies as well, but that's not left its case for a long, long time. <laughs> so it, it could not. It might not even be there anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, but what man. I'm trying to say yeah. is, uh, I, I've had a week of light gear. So I've been using the Fender GTX amp, which is insanely light. Um, and I've been using uh, another guitar, which I'll talk about later. Keep you, you know, All right. give a little bit of a hint there and keep you hanging on so you don't go anywhere. Ooh, I'll just excited. drop my glasses at you. the same time. And how about you, Dan? How, I know that we've had uh, a difficult time recently, but how have you been? Well, I'm okay nowadays. Like, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I don't want to go too deep into that, like, personal, super personal stuff, but uh, yeah, some of my friends and also some listeners of podcasts might have uh, read some of my posts about my mom's passing. 
so that kind of blew me out of life literally for a couple of weeks like probably all of us can imagine if you lose your mom at age like her age 58 so that was that was a bummer and and really like put everything in perspective and and i really mean it like i say it so uh uh, yeah, it took me it took me a while to get used to that, but I'm super happy that there are like people that cheer me up and that there are like activities that cheer me up. And uh, that podcast is definitely one of the brightest sides of of uh, my life and my my hobby in the realms of the guitar. So I'm super happy to yeah spend the night with you and uh, record that podcast together. Ah, oh, and um, same same to you, mate. Genuinely, I have a great time doing this, and also. Um, We've got some really great comments coming in from listeners, and some of them are on Angel Vivaldi's podcast from last time. We can't say last week because we took a little hiatus, but last time mm-hmm. um, we had Angel Vivaldi on the podcast, and I wanted to say, call it a pod then, or a cast. You know, I felt like podcast was too on the cast, on the show. <laughs> we had Angel Vivaldi on, who is um, an extraordinary human being. In, in all the most positive ways. I, he's one of my favorite human beings. And um, people, uh, thank you for writing and telling me via all the different ways that you've um, contacted me. But yeah, Angel's a, a huge personality. But um, we managed to really get in deep with the, with the business side. I'm trying not to say things like get in deep in case Angel's actually listening to this because he's going <laughs> to write me and he's going to you know, <laughs> literally take me to the cleaners on that one. But Angel, uh, there's a lot of personality, a lot of love, a lot of um, uh, extravagance there. But underneath all that, man, is there a great musician and businessman? So it's not just Absolutely. all all fronting, as, yeah. as they it say. It took us like it took us like sixty minutes to go into like to to decrust him and and go deeper and and just get rid of that kind of sassy ass personality and go really deep into who who Angel Vivaldi as a person really is. But I received the pre- pretty much the same comments where people said. Who that episode started pretty, uh, let's say, vibrant or, <laughs> or flashy, and uh, you know, but but gradually and, and step by step, it went into like a deeper conversation with a lot of interesting topics, and uh, towards the end, it was really mind blowing. Like uh, some of the some of the things that he said, and especially the business side of of things, they were so so deep and also so just so good advice from from someone who's like. A guitar player making a living from you know from from what we all consider our favorite hobby or favorite job or whatever so it's uh yeah admirable definitely so that was definitely. great great advice yeah. i learned a lot and if you haven't heard that podcast yet then of course i am contractually obliged to say go back and listen to it once this podcast is finished <laughs> awesome well um we can we should, can probably go to the next segment uh, that we came up with um it is called um the gas moment of the week andy i, I want to hear yours first if i may because mine might open up a whole line of conversation and i don't want to just talk at people for ages so i i'd love to hear your gas moment of the week <laughs> gas being gear acquisition syndrome what is the thing dan that you saw in the past week that made you go i don't need it i can't afford it God damn, do I want it? <laughs> well, it's pretty recent. Uh, two days ago, I received a, a screenshot or like a, a picture from a guy called Tom Quayle, who happened to be also our guest on episode number one. And uh, this uh, certain Mr. Quayle from the UK received a package from the Ibanez Custom Shop in Nagoya. 
and in this case was a very lovely AZ guitar that is pretty different to all the AZs you've probably seen or played because it features a nitro finish, a flame maple neck with an ebony fretboard and it has bare knuckle, I think Stormy Monday and Mother's Milk pickups. So that thing I would, ah, oh, I would just grab that and run if Tom would have been like in my proximity. What a lovely guitar. Did you did you see the pictures? I I have my eyes closed right now remembering when I first saw that guitar. And even without knowing the specs, I was like, that's a mighty fine piece of wood right there. And no, the thing that, that grabbed me straight away, and also um, on a side note, we should develop some kind of drinking game for every time that Dan says Ibanez. But, cheers. Cheers. Um, so that's one, you know. Go grab yourself a drink. <laughs> um, I, I have an AZ, and the one that Tom has has a slightly different looking pick guard, Dan. You think so? Yeah, slightly. <laughs> I mean, the one on mine is, is um, I, I, I can't say hideous because the whole guitar is beautiful. But if I could change one thing, and rather quickly, it would be the perloid white pick guard. Um, and you know that I've asked Ibanez and yourself to um, to maybe make some available and I know that you've also said that some people are working hard on doing that but do I have to be Tom Quayle to get a custom pick guard or what? <laughs> well he, he, he went with uh, Tortoise Shell it's a four ply pick guard and it looks amazing but actually that was probably the point that was the most controversial so when I, when I looked at the reactions um, under the post there were quite a few people that said, oh, lovely guitar, but what the hell is that pick art? That's fugly. So, um, like, you know, different folks, different strokes. It's probably not for everyone. But uh, Tom definitely has a super cool, super nice instrument. And uh, the reactions that I've received from him are that this is a mental guitar. It must be play like, like be playable like butter and it must sound pretty nice. And I'm super curious to hear what the, the bare knuckle pickups sound like. Because... Um, we, we've had a conversation earlier that I'm a big fan of the bare knuckle pickup, especially the Aftermath. And a spoiler alert, I'm currently like having my own like Aftermath pickup with some custom design being made Ooh. from Tim. Yeah, surprise, surprise. We can talk about that in an episode as soon as I got it, maybe with some sound samples or something like that. But uh, those pickups, they are amazing. The, the transparency and also the, the, the string separation, even at high gain, is, is amazing. So I'm really curious to hear what the the mother's milk the single coats sound like because if they are just half the quality of what the the aftermath pickup is that we have on on the premium guitars it'll be amazing and uh yeah well we gotta see uh keep your eyes peeled tom will probably release a full video he has all this, those fancy 4k cameras and his setup that uh that uh, will allow for super multi-angled views and, and super cool sound so yeah that will be on youtube pretty soon i guess so tom don't disappoint us and uh, Tom, if you ever want to get rid of that pick guard, just let me know, because I've got a really nice white one I can swap it for. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'll probably have to inquire for the pick guard. <laughs> yeah, just in case, you know, just in case anyone's wondering, I am genuinely pushing for a new pick guard to the point where I might actually attempt to make one myself or pay someone to make one for me. Hmm. Honestly, maybe, it maybe doesn't. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole subject on its own, really. You know, like the looks of a guitar, and we we buy and hear with our eyes, as we as we've said, and many people have said before. But I think that having a different pick guard on it would make me pick it up more. 
and it is my go-to guitar it is my my one workhorse guitar that as i've said before if i could take one it would be that one it's it does so much for me and it plays so well however that pick card you know all right now now pants down andy what what pick card would you would you choose like what would your preferred visual be like i mean it's the the blue isn't it is the tab which remind me what that stands for trans aqua blue thank you just just the test always got to keep down on his toes i think on a <laughs> trans aqua blue it's just over there so it's right behind me maybe even mint green would be okay you know so you're taking the greeny out of the blue but i'd like to say black mm, okay. i think i'm not think, so sure about the mint green black might be I interesting I don't know, but what I will say is that it's it's like I'm really trying to pick something PC, right? It's something that isn't going to get me in trouble. <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's like um, having a really really great car, but there's a little dent in the side, you know. So the dent doesn't yeah. really do anything to it, but you know it's there, and you're like, oh, I wish that dent wasn't there. That's not you know what? what that's not the best analogy, but I I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Yeah, you know you get you you got your black pickguard. I, I somehow got to find a way to to make that happen. Yeah, something that doesn't involve a spray can that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little bit smelly long term. Yeah, well, it's 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 fine. I have kids. Um, <laughs> maybe talk about no, my gas moment of the week. Yeah, please. It is one of the most impossible gear acquisition syndromes I've ever encountered. All right. I'm it is intrigued. a 1959 Martin <laughs> D18E, otherwise known as the Kurt Cobain Nirvana Unplugged in New York acoustic guitar that sold for $6 million. All right. That's so, a lot of money. It is a lot. In <laughs> fact, it was six million and ten thousand, I believe. It was slightly over six million, but it was, you know, ten thousand here or there it doesn't really matter. But we'll call it six million. Um, this <laughs> this guitar is responsible. It's one of the guitars responsible for me playing guitar. Because Nirvana live in New York in nineteen ninety three. Ninety three. Was it ninety three? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think early 90s, um, that changed my life, quite literally. Um, everything about it. I know that record inside and out. It's the record that I saved all my pocket money for, and I looked behind sofas and underneath my grandma and all kinds of places, you know, for its loose change to go and get this album. And then through what I would call un unnatural causes... Uh, the guitar became available for sale in that it was given to Kurt's daughter, Frances Bean, and she got married to some bloke and then they divorced and he got the guitar in the divorce settlement and then sold it. However, it was bought uh, by the CEO or owner of Rode Microphones. Oh, wow. Hello, Dan. So, it's yeah, it's in good hands now. Right? It is, yeah. And actually, um, so it's Peter Friedman that bought it, and he has good intentions for the guitar. He's going to use it to, and I'm paraphrasing, to spread the good word of music and spread the love of guitars and spread positive stuff about music and, and 
and show people rather than just lock it away in some glass uh, cabinet somewhere. And then he's going to sell the guitar and put that money towards also promoting music and the future of musicianship. So wow, yeah, it's it's. I'm glad that it's gone to this guy. I mean, the, you know, he went for six million and ten thousand, and I couldn't stretch that extra ten. So, <laughs> so I'm happy he got it. I mean, I, I wasn't very happy on the day, but right now, um, I'm I'm pretty happy that uh, he got it because he's going to be doing good stuff to it. Uh, yeah. You know, performing arts donations, all that sort of good things that people talk about doing but don't generally do he's going to do it and this mm. guitar is going to help him uh, and then he's going to sell it which means I have a few years to make either less or more than six million dollars oh I'm so seeing a kickstarter campaign podcast sponsorship <laughs> I will wear your crap on my arms I'm, I'll get it tattooed over my body um, <laughs> anything let me know Oh wow! Everybody has but a price. question. What, what, what would be the first thing you would play on that guitar if you had a chance to pick it up? The man who sold the world. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, obviously, he he was a lefty, and I'm I'm not. Um, if I got the guitar, I'd learn to play guitar left-handed. There we go. That's how dedicated <laughs> I would be if I bought. Or somehow acquired that guitar. <laughs> ding ding ding! I can totally see the Kickstarter campaign, you know, adding up money. <laughs> I reckon we get a, you know, I could probably get a some sort of Squire or Harley Benton with the money from a, a week's worth of Kickstarter. There you go. It's just iconic, man. It's iconic, and it's so unusual for Nirvana to have done an acoustic session, even though it was fitted with was it Bartonelli pickups. He says, scrolling. Yeah, yeah, could be. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so even though Nirvana did an unplugged session, it was with two pickups, and he uh-huh. he did use, uh, I think, like a, a Silverface amp behind him. All right. But, yeah, I should have done my research, has, has, really. <laughs> has, has any company like uh, tried to do some, some sort of re- reissue of uh, that particular guitar? Because it's so iconic, and I can, can see that there's a big fan base of people that would, that would like really want to have like a replica of that particular guitar well i think i mean it was retrofitted with these pickups so it was a it was a martin d18 um yeah. and then i think that if there was a time at which martin could issue a, a signature model this would be it you know so now that guitar has been in the um in the headlines and in the guitar world They've probably missed it because you and I both know how the guitar world works. If they're going to sell it, then this needs to have been planned a year ago at least. Mm-hmm. But you know that there could have been some kind of campaign like you don't have six million ten thousand dollars, then here's one for just ten thousand dollars. There you go. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if it would sell. Uh, the thing is, it would probably be quite easy to recreate yourself. You know. Yeah. Some somewhat, yeah. And there are varying degrees always, of easy. You know, it's not necessarily yeah. easy, easy. But um, I don't know anything about, about Bartoloni pickups, but uh, they look odd, and it has that odd look. But I'd, I'd want, I'd want a left-handed guitar strung right-handed, so it's upside down. You know, for a righty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They'd have to do it properly. They'd have to cater for the look. 
And it was, you'd need a, a, a dirty cardigan with it as well. <laughs> I always found it strange when they reissued, like, or released uh, Jimi Hendrix signature guitars for right-handed players, and they used lefty guitars that didn't, you know, just flipped around. That just looked wrong to me, to be honest. I I like it. I think I'm quite a fan of the Fender Hendrix one, where the even the pickup is is around the wrong way. So it's a right-handed guitar yeah, with a reversed headstock but the correct. body the body is still correct no no there are also some where the body is also like flipped around yeah the, that's a, the ones i'd want but the the ones i've the only ones i've played have been the ones that are right-handed strats but with the 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 angle of the pickup angled the opposite way as right. it were and the reversed headstock um mm-hmm. quite quite a nice guitar i might add whilst whilst we're on the subject hmm. but yeah you should do it properly you should you know just just take a lefty and make it a righty there you go. So, so yeah, that since, was my, since, my since gear it, of the week. Yeah, and since you didn't have a chance on on like uh, picking up that guitar because you were short 10k, what else <laughs> did you pick up lately? Okay, I have a section for "Do Not Tell My Wife." <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> So, as you know, dear listeners, we're trying to, um, you know, spruce up the podcast a bit. And rather than say, this is the gear that I got this week, the segment is quite obviously called Don't Tell My Wife. However, I don't know if it counts because she knows because I haven't shut up about this new guitar that I have. This new guitar that I have is right next to me, and I'm going to show Dan. It is a Maybach Maybach. Albatross 65-2 meaning that it's an SG for, for all wants of... Uh, it is an SG with two humbucking pickups in antique aged white. Um, and it is glorious. It has a sort of... Not a 50s neck, but a rounded neck, as Gibson would call it. So it's it's not the 60s slim taper, slim rubbish, because that's rubbish. And this one's got a good handful. So... It's a really thick neck, but not... No, that's not true. It's not a thick neck. It's somewhere in the middle, but it's on the side of, of being thick. Um, right. And it is so light, which does my back injury wonders. The pickups in <laughs> what, this... What a coincidence. Yeah, I mean, it turned up at the right time. So I have the Maybach Lester also, which is the Les Paul of uh, Maybach. And that has the same pickups in it, which are the Spirit of 59 pickups from Maybach. And I'm not that pleased with them in the Lester. They just they don't jump out at me. They don't sing. You know they they're good pickups. They're not like you've you've bought like some something cheap. But next to my Gibson R8, you can really hear those custom buckers, and you can really think, oh yeah, there's something. You know mm-hmm. that little extra percentage you're getting from a custom bucker isn't in the 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 Lester. But those same pickups in this Albatross, my goodness, the thing is rocking unplugged. I I played it unplugged for quite a while. And um, and then plugged it in, and it just rocks. And I put it through a plexi style amp, um, and it's just it is rock, you know. Uh, I put it through a a Marshall Studio Vintage, and it's you can just play one of those large open A chords, and it's got this clarity, but this it's not aggression because you know that the SG guitars are quite punchy, quite mid heavy, and they don't have that thickness of a Les Paul. Mm-hmm. They're they're kind of like the angry little brother, you know. So they're, they're kind of mm. they're angry, but this one isn't angry. It's 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 quietly confident. Like 
It doesn't threaten to kick your ass. It knows it can, but just doesn't. You know, it just lets you lets you know it. And um, and then stick it on the neck pickup, and you've got this lovely, smooth, bluesy, wondrous um, sort of almost I can't say jazzy, but it's it's got this roundedness to it. And the whole guitar just blew my mind. I, I am so, so happy. Cool. It's gone straight to number one of my list of. Um, it's it's my new number one, I think. Awesome. And dear listeners, I'm so sorry that you can only hear us, but you can see us because Andy's smiling and that smile goes just like from one side of the screen to the other side of the screen. And he's just smiling all the time when he talks about that guitar. And that's awesome. <laughs> I obviously have to review the guitar and I've done an unboxing video in which I'm just... I think I apologize for saying how good it is about 10 times. I'm so sorry. I, I know I've said how good it is almost 10 times. But um, I don't know if it's any good for anybody else, but it's my my desires uh, personally for guitar are quite, um, quite narrow-minded in the sense that I can appreciate a great guitar. It doesn't have to be a big, thick neck. It doesn't have to be humbuckers. I can appreciate a really well-made neck, a uh, really well-made guitar. Necks. It's all about necks for me. Um <laughs> But so that's the guitar geek, you know, the guy that does the job of, of reviewing guitars and giving opinions. But as a personal, as a guitarist, take away all the jobness to it. Uh, as a guy that just enjoys playing guitar, this thing has changed my life. It's beautiful. I, I, I don't know. I feel honored to be in its presence. It's so good, Dan, that um, the reason we haven't recorded a podcast also recently is my internet has been down because when we have a storm, the internet doesn't work for some reason because I, I yep. pay for cheap internet. And it was <laughs> it was down, and I received the guitar, I recorded the video, and I thought, I have to tell the guys at my back how much I love this guitar. So I got in my car, and I drove for 10 minutes until my phone had a reception, and I sent them a voice message on Instagram. I'm out of my car. I don't know where I am, but now my phone works. This guitar is brilliant. I love it. So, yeah. Have you have you been at the guys from Maybach? Have I what, sorry? Have, have you been at the Maybach guys? No, I've we've met various times through, you know, guitar summits and, and shows and things. Uh, All right. But I've never actually been there. I know it's not far uh, geographically from, from where I am. One day, but I'm worried that they, I'm worried that they might, you know, I might leave with something else and a hole in my pocket. And, <laughs> I think uh, they're located quite, quite close to where where Meinl and Ibanez headquarters is, and also quite close to where Toman is. Yeah. So it's not too far away. They yeah. have the plaque machine there, so you can bring your guitar and have a plaque too. Oh, and the setup, cool. the setup was glorious. Yeah. Um, it wasn't quite right. It, the neck had the truss rod had sort of gone too tight in travel but I, I played with it a little bit as you can probably tell I quite like it a lot <laughs> and the big smile again that is lovely well I'm looking forward to seeing those videos yeah I, I, hope of... the, I hope you can put up with me smiling and apologizing for <laughs> 20 minutes and playing an A chord and that's it like, oh, listen to that yeah but that's basically what you would play if you pick up that guitar right like the, the open A yeah it does other things but you know it needs to do that if it doesn't do that then it's it's not a good sg style guitar yeah that's all right sure. so i I'm, I'm done my 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 beast is out of me i can i can relax and i'll continue smiling but 
Uh, we're currently talking on your wife's phone because of technical issues. <laughs> yeah, what right. What didn't you tell your wife about this week? Is there anything? <laughs> well, nothing in particular that I bought this week, but I recently just put in the order for my uh, Pia and Envy Green. Mm. <laughs> did, you, did you get a good price? <laughs> yeah, you can guess. <laughs> I did no, but I I love that guitar. Actually, I, I was surprised when I saw the the PS because you know sometimes product images uh, from Ibanez guitars do not really represent how good they look like in real life, and that was true for the Sundu Gold variant of the PS and also for the white one. And um, well, I just love all the colors, but basically my heart is still with the original Loch Ness Green, so I went with Envy Green with that too and i also like like the tree of life inlay or pia blossom inlay how they call it now that has the various colors like the turquoise and the oh, pink yeah. and the green yeah yeah i remember so i'm thinking back was... to nam now that's the one that i was i was drawn to yes 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 so uh yeah and there will be like we're getting i don't know like 40 45 pieces of that i guess so very limited and um yeah my my and what what kind <laughs> of um delivery time are we looking for do you do you expect um, actually, that guitars, all of these guitars, they have been made in, 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 like, subsequently, they started with the regular production model, the white one, then we had the Sundu gold one, that's basically incoming, like, I guess next week. Right. And then I think September, October, there will be the Panther pink and the Envy green one, and I'm desperately looking forward, so that would be like a Christmas present or something to me. Uh, yeah. I'm so pleased for you. I, I know how much those yeah. guitars mean to you and how much Steve means to you. So yeah, that's yeah. that's good. Yeah, so looking forward to playing that guitar and like actually I never was a big gem owner. Like I have that uh the purple multicolor gem and I have a seven string universe, but uh that will be actually that will be my reg first regular kind of gem that I bought. You know, I played a, lo a lot of those, but I've never really sticked with them. So, like you said I'm not really yeah. a gem person, but I have two. Well, <laughs> I, you know that's the thing you, you you always you know you you admire those guitars and you play them and I have a lot of friends that own them and occasionally I owned one but then I, I passed it on because it didn't really like 100% gravitate or resonate with me and then uh, it's just you know guitars are so subjective and like I said if, if there's that if you have that kind of feeling in your stomach that that, that kind of home frequency yes the guitar either has that or it doesn't have it and uh, I'm, I'm really strict with guitars i don't i don't want to have case queen so i either play it or i sell it at the point so um yeah and, and that's the reason why i only like, stuck with a handful yeah you have big hands though so it's okay <laughs> <laughs> actually i learned that from you dan is is not to not to keep case queens and being lucky enough to work with guitars and have guitars in my house that are part of my job so therefore they're not just um yeah, instruments that i like some of them are, are here for 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 business reasons you know um mm -hmm. it's really important to me to to make sure they get used and played and if there is something that i've bought that i don't use then it does get moved on and i, I like the term to move them on rather than sell them <laughs> and i'm not very good at yeah. selling them because i just you know i want to make sure they go to the right person rather than the best price yeah yeah which is terrible. That's, that, that's going to have to change. Things are going to change. Right no, here. no, 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 no. I'm, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. I'm, I'm pretty much the same. If I, if I have a bad feeling about a possible seller or potential seller, I'll, I'll probably just, you know, move on and, and, and wait for the right one. 
So I sometimes I, or not sometimes, quite often I've I've sold the guitar like under what I would have gotten probably by selling it on eBay, just because it was the right person that was asking for it, and you know it's just give and take. I I had the opportunity to to buy a lot of guitars at decent prices from collectors and and, and friends and colleagues, and so you know it's give and take to some degree. I th- I think I might be growing up. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it might maybe. be happening. I think I think you're in the same kind of boat. <laughs> yeah. okay. It happens, you know. They, I think they say uh, if men get older than twelve, they just grow, but they don't mature. But uh... <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. I was quite mature yeah. as a teenager, and then then somehow went back and regressed. <laughs> <laughs> I realized how great it was to be twelve. Ah, oh, okay, we'll go back there. That was fun. <laughs> Where are my toys? Yeah, oh, actually, they're right next to me. There's, oh, there's, there's my my bag there. Hello. Woo-hoo. There's my Lego. Woo-hoo. Oh man. Oh man, we digress. Uh, where should we go on? Um, actually, we had a question of the week from a guy called Matthias. Oh great! I don't know what the question is, everybody. So I'm I'm excited to be planned spontaneous. And he asked about signature guitars in general and, he, and his question was as a musician how do you have to be in order to be considered a signature artist from a brand so you're an artist and how do you become a signature so how do you get a signature yeah. guitar that's a really long way of asking that question sorry yeah 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 i mean he was he was asking that not just how do you get a signature guitar because then you know it's like a, there's a technical term how you do that or a business term yeah. how you do that but he wanted he want more to know what are the prerequisites of uh what as an artist what are the boxes that you need to check in order to be even considered a signature artist from a company and i found it an interesting question because like i said from a business perspective you could you could just answer that in like one sentence or two sentences what would what the, what would those two sentences be well you need maybe just three bullet points you need a lot of talent some kind of musical innovativeness a huge following and uh, in brackets a little bit of luck or maybe a big chunk of luck i don't know but i i guess now especially nowadays it goes much deeper sure much much deeper yeah yeah. do you mean like in the in the internet age absolutely absolutely because we've you know we have seen signature guitars for youtubers we've seen signature guitars for bands like polyphia or chon that were rather unknown in, in like the majority in the world but they were internet phenomenons and they had their fo- a digital following that was maybe 95% like, you know, what, what's it called? The e-boys? Yeah. You know, the, the, yeah, yeah, e-boys, like the post-millennial generation. And uh, so it's, it's, it's quite contrary because this is not like the t- prototypical following. It's not the guys that go into the stores and read the magazines and, and stuff like that. So it, I think it has changed and it's much more diverse and uh, also maybe a little bit more complex. Hmm. Um, but of course, there's always a business aspect. You know, if if uh, if there's a demand in the market, and if there is a um, a following of potential buyers of that instrument from wherever they come, that will of course increase your chances of uh, you know having a signature guitar with a company. But um, I would never underestimate also the fact that, that as a person, not not the artist, but also as a person, you get a fit with the company. Sure. I mean, if you're looking, if I may, um, 
if you're looking for just a signature guitar and you're writing letters or emails or you know, whatever to 10 different companies, that has to be not the way to do it. Nope, not the, at all. The way to it's do it is to, you, is to focus, isn't it? Yeah, it's if you apply for a job, you gotta you got to know the company. Maybe you have a shared history or something that contributes to you being more more let's say um associated or more into the overall field and, and the company itself so it really comes down to is it a good fit for the company and not just the business fit also a fit in terms of your personality does it add something to the to the image of the company does it add something to the image of the brand to the image of the product and like i said like a, a huge following is one side but there are so many like kind of small or rather unknown bands that are unique in, in terms of how they play and uh, we've, we've seen some some super interesting examples like um do you know manuel gardner fernandez i do not no he's he was he's one of those kind of instagram stars and he's got uh, in his band he's, he's playing in the band unprocessed and uh, this band has also a bass player called david levy and he's a, an amazing bass player I, I hadn't even heard about him um uh, actually the the japanese guy they turned me uh, turned my attention to him and um so we talked and uh, we, we sent him one of the headless basses of the new headless basses uh, from our 2020 lineup and he's just killing it on this on those basses you know it's a super progressive design and he's one of those super progressive very uh, percussive playing bass players and uh it's just a perfect fit and you know his his persona is great he's a young guy he's super enthusiastic about making music and he really wants to make it as an artist so he's he's probably one of those kind of guys that potentially at some point could be considered a signature artist you know they mm -hmm. you know grow their career and, and and really you know find some new ways on, on on promoting themselves that he he he's got the potential to to become a signature artist at a certain point yeah they're also um like i, I can think of i own how many signature guitars do i own I own one, and I thought I didn't. I have the Gibson Explorer from Bill Kelleher from Mastodon. Mm. Mm -hmm. And um, I own it because there were 400 made, and I saw a photo, and I fell absolutely in love with it. It's, um, it's everything an Explorer should be for me. It is a gold burst with gold hardware um, and block inlays with a bound neck. And for me, a, a Gibson Explorer needs to have block inlays. For, it just looks... Because it's such a big guitar. If you have dots on them, which many do, then it looks like it's all out of proportion to me. And I didn't honestly really know anything about Bill Kelleher or Mastodon. And I don't play that sort of music, or rather I didn't. And then I got this guitar, and of course I did some research. I thought, whose guitar am I playing? Um, and then that got me into Mastodon. So I went sort of the, the backwards way, you know, rather than, yeah. oh, my God, that's my, my Guitar Hero's signature guitar. Yeah. He he since left uh, Gibson, and I think he's with ESP at the moment because yeah. he wanted um, he wanted something that the big G wouldn't give him. Um, I think they weren't delivering it in his tuning with his strings on it, which benefits someone like me because I'm not in his tuning with his strings on it. Um <laughs> But he, I think he quite rightly said that um, it's my signature guitar, so it should c come as if it were for me. And uh, I found that really interesting that at, ha at what point 
is it just a name stuck on a guitar and at what point is it truly that guitar designed by that artist you know and mm. i mean it's it's interesting to know that there are often financial reasons a guitar can't be exactly what the artists make and there has to be compromises so of course um if you want a signature guitar y you want it to be all the things you want it to be however if that suddenly puts it out of the the market via price like you you have to have seymour duncans or you have to have hip shot tuners but that suddenly puts it at the price uh, achievability of your core audience then you're not going to sell any so it's a give and take as you said and I find it really interesting how how in in how deep artists go into not even making second choices but saying okay it needs to have this this and this for sure but we can talk about the rest of the components and mm -hmm. um I think one of the most interesting uh signature guitars is the Epiphone RD from Lee Malia from Bring Me the Horizon <laughs> natural that's a nice one yeah but it's interesting to me, Dan, because I don't know who Lee Malia is. And I, I've heard of his band, but I had no idea he would be in a position to have a signature guitar. But loads of people were crying out for Epiphone or Gibson to redo the RD. Cause I, I think it's a beautiful guitar. Um, it's so quirky and so odd. And I can see why they don't do them as a, as a regular thing. But then to make it a signature for someone like Lee Malia, who, in my opinion was not in the position to have a signature because I didn't know who he was. But obviously, he he sold that guitar, or they sold that guitar to Bring Me The Horizon fans and people who thought that guitar looks cool. So it's a really odd world, isn't it? You have to... Your product, your, your artistry, your position in your uh, group of musicians, your, your fame, I guess, for want of a better word, has to be at a certain level that... <laughs> I think that was one of my cameras decided that it didn't want to accidentally be recording anymore. Okay, so there's a camera somewhere that's been recording us for the past hour. Um, yeah, so it, I think the simple way to put it, as you said at the beginning, is it has to be a mutually beneficial um, uh, agreement. But I think there are three parties. I think there's the guitar brand, the artist, and the mm. fans. Yep. And you have to please all of those three. Maybe there's four, but I, I can't think of another one right now. But for me, that's the three things. And if one of them doesn't get what they want, then it's not going to be a successful signature guitar. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Because also, like uh, like you said, there usually companies approach artists about signature guitars. But nowadays, you know, with the, the strength and uh, the importance of social media and the internet, it happens quite often that people request a signature guitar for an artist and they, they you know, pitch that idea to the companies and then they probably consider that because they see that there is some certain states potential and then the artist is a good fit with the company that makes things a lot easier so it's like uh turning turning that upside down to some degree yeah it's also often i'm trying to think of more signature models like um i keep going back to gibson and epiphone but there's obviously the john mayer thing where he was with fender and went to prs mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason it was but who knows um i'm quite a big fan of the silver sky i'm more of a fan of the strat that he had mm -hmm. um there's there's just so much the one of the guys that i really respect is gary clark jr the blues mm -hmm. player yeah. because he he still plays epiphones so he has an epiphone casino he has a gibson sg signature as well but he's very well known for playing 
Epiphone Casinos. And he said, I play the guitars because people are inspired by the playing and they want to own the guitar that I play in the signature model, but they're not going to be able to afford a $3,000, $4,000 Gibson uh, model. So we're sticking with mm -hmm. Epiphone. It's the casino. It does everything I need, and I play it on stage. And that makes mm -hmm. such a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, the first time I, I recognized that was when, oh, it's like 15 years ago when, when LTD, ESP LTD, they released The Grinch, a signature guitar for James Hetfield. Yeah. Remember that? And that guitar did only exist in the kind of cheaper LTD version. Yeah. And James Hetfield played the LTD version. Yeah. I, I checked that. And when, when he played it, it was always the LTD. It might, might, you know, it might have been like a custom shop one that just said LTD. But uh, I could, I, w I wouldn't not I would not be surprised if he would um, really stick with the the LTD version because that was just a super cool guitar, and uh, it just fit the price point and the image. It was just perfect at that time. Yeah, I, I'm just looking at my room. I have the the Fender Jagstang, which is kind of a weird relationship with Kurt Cobain. It's mm -hmm. he apparently designed it. We'll never really know. He only played one, I think, and it's. It's not even that good a guitar, you know. It's 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 pretty it's, it's pretty nasty, but um, yeah. but that guitar sold after he died, and you they're such a legendary guitar these days, and they even reissued it in the two thousands, and they're also legendary, and um, hmm. it's just amazing how like how you can attach an instrument to an artist, and it will sell for many many different reasons, and now in as we're in two thousand twenty, as you said, we're we're in an internet age where We've got people like Agufish has a Harley Benton signature. Henning yeah. Pauly has a, a Harley Benton signature. And even How I, likely was that? Yeah. <laughs> and even I had an input on a guitar that was built to my specs and is not a signature guitar. But I helped build that. And with my relatively um, small, you know, comparing to people like Kurt Cobain and James Hetfield, um, I know for a fact that Harley Benton sold out straight away. Mm -hmm. And that was just yeah, down to yeah. the fact that I knew what people wanted and they contacted me. I was like, well, I had a direct line and let's make that guitar. Yep. Absolutely. I honestly uh, can't take much credit for it because I just sort of gave an idea and they said yes. I like, oh, that I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. And it kind of shows how, how times have changed. And I really like, we're making, occasionally we make fun of Henning. But uh, you really got to say hats off for the development of that guitar because it really pushed like uh, the boundaries of, of quality and also of, you know, how much value can be in a in a signature guitar in his HP 42 SIG. Uh, that was that was pretty rad. And also Agofish, you mentioned him with his uh, single cut. I think that that thing sold out within two days. So you see how much how much of a sales potential and also appeal is there, yeah. especially if you have like a fan base and i mean we're not talking especially with with hunter agrofish we're not talking about one million subscribers he's got a rather small channel compared to you know the big ones like i know ola england or music is win on those kind of channels but still i mean he's got that loyal following and uh, people that trust what he says with his high integrity and everything so uh, and that probably was considered a good fit for for the company that released the signature guitar named harley benton and um yeah and i i think that holds true for for like the majority of brands if there's like you said that triangle of uh, being an artist or an influencer of uh, being a company and of having a following and if all that falls together uh, and is a good fit 
then uh, it's very likely that you will, you know, you could be considered becoming a signature artist. But it's a lot of work and you need some luck for sure. I'm not sure have we answered the question. So if I were in a position to want a signature guitar, I mean, my, my, my real question here would be to, was it Matthias? Matthias, yeah. Matthias. Um, I th my first question would be, is, do you need a signature guitar? What, what's the motivation there, if that makes sense? So, and, and I don't want to be rude or, or disrespectful in any way, but there are luthiers out there that will build you stuff to your exact specs. Um, yeah. So there are other options. If, you, if you're talking signature guitar from the point of view of, I want a Strat or a Gem or an SG, but it has to have these exact specifications. Firstly, do your research, and maybe there's already one out there that you don't know about. So just as a player, mm -hmm. if you're looking at it from a player's point of view, and you want something with certain specifications, it might already exist. The other option is to go to a luthier, or it doesn't even have to be a luthier. Maybe it's buying a one off the shelf and changing the pickups or, or changing the hardware. So Good look point, at the yeah. body, look at the neck, make sure it's got the bare bones of what you want. Um, and if it's just for the actual having the guitar to play it, then that's a really, really good option. So that's more the custom guitar thing rather than a signature. If you're looking to have a signature, then I would say write some really great songs, practice your guitar, <laughs> get some great email addresses, go to NAM, things like that, and persuade people that you're the guy to help push the brands and give the, your fans what they want. And I, mm -hmm. it sounds simple because it is, but just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. That is very right. And also, like you said, it shouldn't be an ego thing. If it's just something to, you know, pet your own ego and, and satisfy your, I know, like personal desire of being in the media and, and being on a website with, with the other big names, it's probably not going to work. Whereas if you perceive the guitar as a tool and you need a certain tool with certain specs, that's probably a little bit off, a little bit quirky in order to make the kind of music that you are playing then it's very likely that uh, that could some point transform into that kind of signature guitar because then it's a tool for you and people that want to follow your playing style and want to you know play like you they might pick up an instrument because there's no substitute to that so matthias i hope this will answer the question um i think we've you know discussed several aspects of it we can either talk you know two minutes about that topic or 90 minutes about the topic it's super comprehensive, but um, yeah, I hope this gives you a, a good answer. And if you're still up for a pseudo signature guitar, we've got the Japanese custom shop just open. So if you've got 6K spare. <laughs> always working, always yeah, working. Also, Matthias, if you want a guitar, I'll build you one. It'll just cost you a heck of a lot of money because I have to go to Luthier school first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, we're pretty far already in this episode maybe we should move on to the final segment which is the itunes ratings you didn't know what you were going to say then when you started talking did you that was really funny not at all say at all. some words okay well dear listener hey listen up closely <laughs> have you ever wanted to be on a podcast have you ever wanted to be on a guitar podcast possibly with someone called Dan and someone called Andy. Well, you can be that person right now. All you have to do is leave us a rating on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, one of those places, because welcome to the final segment of today's podcast, and that is Reader's Reviews. 
Was that the enthusiastic sort of thing you wanted? That was amazing. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was dying here. That was just straight on perfect. Good. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Checks in the post. Oh, so um, we are boy. looking for... Um, to read out the comments and, and the reviews of the show, we want to know what you're thinking. We want to know, are you having a good time listening? What do you like? What don't you like? Do you want more Dan? Do you want less Dan? Do you want more Andy? Do you want probably less Andy? And um, it's really confusing with iTunes because depending on which country you're in, depends on where the review is left. So I can go to the German one or the British one or the um, Australian one, and there are comments everywhere. We currently have one notable comment on the on the iTunes podcast thing. Um, and we have lots of ratings, Dan. Lots of really positive ratings. Five stars. But no one's yeah. leaving many comments, you know? Oh, we have one uh, from February of this year. It's uh, by AN3 Guitar Whore. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, this gentleman or just lady, uh, I have no clue, said... Uh, well, he he or she gave us uh, five stars. Whoop, Thank whoop. you very much for that. Yeah, and then uh, he or she wrote, fantastic guitar podcast, highly recommended. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't want to disrespect you, but, you know, I'd like some more depth. I'd like to know what was fantastic. <laughs> I'd like to know why you'd recommend it. Um, if you don't recommend it, I'd love to know why. All those things, mm. you know, what's your favorite part? What's your favorite part? Is it this part right now? Was it the part we did recently? Which guests would you like to hear? Who should come back? All those sorts of things. You know, give us some depth, people. We're working hard here. It's taken us five yeah. Skype calls to make this thing happen tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also like, and to me, it, it boosts my uh, my feelings, basically, if I see the, the positive reactions, not just with the rating. I mean, the rating is basically what's help, what helps us to be more visible. And uh, you know, being being shown to more users on iTunes and kind of grow a fan base, but uh, any kind of reaction, either on Instagram or via email or in the user reviews, it's something that just like I don't know, it warms my heart. Oh, that's nice to know, Dan. Also, for me personally, it means that we can start charging companies money to be on the podcast. You know, I'm all about you're money, such a you know. business whore yeah 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 well that's i'm it's better to be a business whore than a guitar whore oh, i don't know or am i both <laughs> whatever sassy as andy <laughs> well um i promised you dan something that i would do and we can reveal because this is going to be released in a few days we okay. can reveal that we now have a website that you can get all the information from no way yeah, I mean, we don't currently in the recording of this, but I'm making a promise to you, Dan, that by the time this episode goes out on <clears throat> next week, then we will have <laughs> some some kind of link that you can go to. And rather than us say Podbean or Spotify or all that, and you can, where the heck do I hear these guys? You go to one address. And what address is that, Dan? It's probably, it's probably. Um, Guitar <laughs> Stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you got me like i threw that on, no I threw you right under the bus then man absolutely you threw me under the bus um Is it actually you can go to, or you go to the guitargeek.net slash guitar stories is that correct uh, maybe yeah well guitarstories.net definitely so if you if you're interested in checking out like images uh about what we talk like about the guitars tom quaid's guitar or 
uh, um, Nirvana's acoustic guitar or my my back that we discussed. Whoop, whoop. The my back will will definitely add a couple of high high def pictures there as well. Just go to guitarstories.net and then you can go to the episode website. You can leave a comment and, uh, like Andy said, just leave us a comment and tell us what you like, uh, what you want to hear, which uh, artists or uh, music industry personalities you want to have on the podcast. And we try our best to make that happen. And if you are, are an artist or you just want to be on the podcast, pitch us an idea. There you go. I'm always up for that. Cool. Absolutely. Well... I think that's it for this week, right? Yeah, I mean, I've had a, I've had a great time. I've had an amazing fun laughing and joking with you, Dan. There's been some guitar chat. There's been joy and, and smiles across the screen. So I've had a wonderful time. Thank you, mate. <laughs> Thank you. And thanks to all the listeners. I hope uh, you had a wonderful time listening to us. Um, thanks so much and hope to hear, see and read you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.